by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I'm so thankful to be here with you guys this morning. My name is Nicholas Mitchell. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, hit that share button and spread the good news of Jesus Christ to everybody that you've ever added on Facebook. We want everybody to hear this good news and have this same joy and encouragement that you're getting to experience right now. Well, last week we talked all about joy in the troubles. Joy in the troubles from James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4. And we talked about how do you have joy in the troubles? Two ways. You have joy in God's presence and you have joy in God's commandments. So today, we're going to look at having joy in God's commands. If you would, turn to James chapter 1 once more, where we left off last week. Now we're going to look at verse 21 through 25. Look at living in God's commands. It says in verse 21 of James chapter 1, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So God's word has the power to save your souls. Jesus Christ is the word, and following his commands gives you life. Following this world and everyone else's opinions and ideologies leads to death, but following God's word leads to life. Verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Now, I know we're not fooling ourselves here at Passion Church, right? We don't just come, listen to God's word, and then go on about our lives the rest of the week and pay it no mind. We're constantly studying it. We're constantly meditating on it and allowing it to change us and grow us to that perfect creation that Christ intended us to be. Verse 23, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you don't do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God will bless you for doing what this word says. See, there's a lot of things in this living word that God gave us to live our lives by. There's blessings, there's curses, there's commands, there's love letters, there's all these different things. And you are going to be blessed if you choose to do those certain things. See, everybody in life is living off of some form of moral code, off of some standard, off of some law. Some people say, if it's illegal, I don't do it. If it's legal, I do do it. Some people say that even if it's illegal, they still do it. I was having a conversation with a, an atheist yesterday. I went down to the skate park for the first time since I broke my arm, 
and there's a man there, and we're skating, and we just strike up a conversation that he's a philosophy student. So right there, that, that just opened up the door. Okay, I can talk about philosophy with you. So I told him, he told me he's getting his master's in philosophy. I said, I'm getting my master's right now too. And he asked, what in? I say, divinity. So immediately he starts talking to me about God and tells me that he's an atheist. So we start talking about the topic of self-defense. He says, I don't understand how Christians can justify self-defense. He says, I feel like if you do that, that's having a, a lack of faith because there's so many words. And I broke down the word with them. And it says in the Old Testament, it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But then Jesus come in and he says, turn the other cheek. There's countless times there's different kings and armies and war soldiers that God sent to go to war. God sent to fight. But this man's saying, I don't understand how someone would do that. And then look at Jesus. Jesus was martyred for his faith. Countless other people have been martyred for their faith in what they believe, and they would rather die than fight back. So I'm standing there on the top of the skateboard ramp talking to this man that's an atheist, and I agree with him. I say, you're right. I say, God's word does say that. I, I'm telling you, I think this might have been the first pleasant conversation that he had with a Christian in his entire life. I didn't stand there and try to attack him and tell him that he's wrong or try to prove why he needs to accept Jesus into his heart. I said, you're right. We should follow the word of God. The word of God says, turn the other cheek. We should follow our Lord's example and be martyred for our faith. I said, now this doesn't mean that Christians got to just be pushovers, that we just let people take advantage of us and push us around. You know, there's a time to stand up for yourself and speak for what's right. But I stand there with this man and we have an open conversation and we agree with each other. And you say, how, how are you going to tell me that you're a pastor, that you're a Christian and you're going to agree with an atheist? Well, see, Paul said he becomes all things to all men. That means we have to find a common ground with everyone. And here, especially as believers, I would pray that church members, we'd have a whole lot of common ground. Amen? We'd have a whole lot of common ground. We have a whole lot of common ground to stand on. We stand on that word of Christ. We all have the same spirit living inside of us, and we can find a common ground. See, one man waters after somebody plants, and then someone harvests. God gets the increase. God gives the increase, okay? So you have to find common ground with people or they're not even going to hear what you say. You can be right. You can know everything. You can have all the knowledge. But if you don't have love in your heart when you're talking to people, if you're not seasoning your words with salt, nobody is going to want to pay attention to what you're saying. So you have to come from a place of love. But today we're talking about God's commands. So God gave us some very clear commands. In Exodus chapter 20, he gave us the Ten Commandments, right? The first four are all about our relationship with God and what God wants us to do with him. And then the last six are all about our relationship with our fellow man. We follow these commands to the best of our ability. But then in the New Testament, Jesus was talking to people in public like he often did. And in Mark chapter 12, Verse 28, one of the religious teachers started questioning Jesus. He said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So in verse 29, Jesus replied, the most important commandment 
is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. No commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. See, it all boils down to love. If you want to have joy in your life, if you want to have peace, happiness, you have to love your neighbor, you have to love yourself, and you have to love God. These are the commandments. See, we're in a day and time, everybody has a different opinion. Before I talked to this man, he was with these other two ladies there, and they were all talking politics. They were talking politics the whole time. Uh, they, they were just, you know, in today's, in today's climate, everybody is a politician now. Everybody wants to talk politics. I could have shared my views with them. I could have shared my beliefs with them. But guess what? My views don't matter. My beliefs don't matter. What matters is what God says in his word. So I want to break down real quick how to read the Bible. All right, how to read the Bible. There's these two fancy words that I want to teach us this morning. This first fancy word is called exegesis, okay? It sounds like Jesus, but it's not. It's spelled with a G. Exegesis means interpreting the word of God. So when you exegete a text out of the Bible, what you're doing is you're looking at the historical context. What was happening when this portion of the Bible was written? What was the author's intent? Who was he writing to? What were the people that maybe Paul was writing this letter to? What were they going through at the time? What was he trying to accomplish? Okay, so when we're exegeting, we're just looking at the word of God. What's the original meaning? Because as believers, we know we need to translate the word of God literally. Okay, when Jesus says we should do something, that means we should do it. That doesn't mean like, oh, it's just a good, it's a lofty idea that, yeah, it'd be great if people did that. No, it means we should actually live this way, okay? We're interpreting the word of God literally. So that's exegesis, okay? With an X, E-X. Now, this other word I want to teach us is eisegesis, okay? Eisegesis is when you put your own opinion into the text, when you take it from your background and from your experiences. So eisegesis is when I read, uh, when I read Jesus resurrecting and I interpret that like, oh, I get to resurrect with him as well, okay? That's not literal. That's not literal. Jesus actually resurrected in the body, in the flesh, in the spirit, okay? We have a spiritual resurrection with it as well, but I have never experienced a physical resurrection out of my own body. So eisegesis is when you put your own opinion into it, when you put your own background for an application. Now, this is a good thing to do, but you have to start at the word of God. You have to start at the exegesis. What does the word of God actually say? 
What is it actually talking about? What does it actually mean? Because see, our opinions don't matter. As Christians, we all have the same spirit. We all have the same Bible that we read. We should be united as one. In this time where every commercial you see is saying, we're all in this together. Well, if the world looks more unified than the church, we have a problem. So as Christians, we should all be standing on that solid foundation of Jesus. Let's look at this solid foundation when we flip over to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Do we understand the difference between these two ways of reading the Bible? We have to take God's word for what it actually says. We don't put our own opinion and our own views in and think, oh, I think this verse means this, I think it means this. That's good, and we should discuss it, but it boils down to the truth of God. There is only one truth. My opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. What matters is what God is showing us. And why I'm saying this is because there's so much division in the world. Everyone's so angry. The Republicans are mad at the Democrats. Different races have tensions amongst each other. Different sexuality, opinions of genders. Everyone's mad at each other. Everyone's mad at people from different walks of life, from different countries. It's terrible right now. As Christians, we need to be united as one. As the church right now, as Passion Church, we need to stand strong. We need to stand together. And what we stand together are on the commands of God. We stand on God's word that does not change, that does not shift. He is our cornerstone. He is our solid foundation. And there is no room for interpreting his truth. His truth is the truth. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching... And follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. How many of us are on solid rock? Your house is built on solid rock? Though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it was built on bedrock. 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Jesus just called people foolish. He said, you're foolish if you don't follow my commands. You're foolish if you don't follow my word. See, we're so caught up on trying to be politically correct and being so nice to everybody. I'm wearing a navy blue shirt right now, but you might say, well, to you, your opinion and your belief is navy blue is black. And if I tell you that this shirt is navy blue and I don't say it black, it offends you. We can't walk around on eggshells trying not to offend people. We have to say the truth, and we have to follow the commands of Jesus Christ. But how do we do it? We do it in love. We do it in love and humility, becoming all things to all men. So I know that my shirt is navy blue. It doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you that my shirt is navy blue. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he loves you so much. He loves everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, an atheist, a Buddhist. God loves you. 
God died for you and he cares for you and he wants you to live in his presence and follow his commands so you can have that joy with him. Your faith has to be built on that solid foundation of the word of God. So many people have so many misconceptions about God. They have so many misconceptions about his word. It's insane. It's insane, the misconceptions. Somebody told me one time that God doesn't judge people. God judges people. He is the judge. He's sitting on the throne. God is the great judge. You have to read this word for yourself and take it for what it actually says. And yes, you need to apply it to your life. You have to understand what it means to us in our context in 2020, right now, in September. How do we apply the word of God to our lives? We have to know that. But we have to start at the foundation of what it says to us. So we back up in chapter 7, back to verse 13. It reads as follows. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. See, I'm not going to pretend that all these people out there on this four-lane highway are doing five and they're fine and they're driving at 80 miles an hour and they're going where they want to go and they're doing what they want to do. I'm not going to pretend that that's okay. We have to tell them the truth. We have to say Jesus is the only way. The word of God, the lamb, is the only way to heaven. We have to be united in this, Passion Church. Don't allow ourselves to fall off right now just because we're online. That means that we don't follow the word of God. The word of God's never changed. We still have to love people. We still have to love people. See, right now we're in a season, and the fake Christians, the ones that are playing church, they're going to fall off. And I can say this right now and not offend anybody, because they stopped coming back in March, and they haven't even watched the live stream one time or sent a tithe in since March. So I'll never hurt anybody's feeling. But you, you are a child of God. You are on that solid foundation. You are reaching out to others in the church. You are calling your brothers and sisters and saying that you love them. Don't stand here on Sunday and say they're your brothers and sisters, but as soon as we don't actually come here in person in the church, you got nothing to do with them, that's not your brother or sister. That's not your brother and sister if you're not calling them. Love your brothers and sisters. Love your family. The greatest command, love your neighbor as yourself. And we should be closer than neighbors. We're family here. We're all members of the body of Christ. And it is with celebration that today that I get to share something with you. You might think I'm crazy for saying celebration, but it is. Michelle Eden's a loved member of Passion Church, a loved family member. She's been at the church longer than I've been at the church, has gone home to her heavenly father. She is celebrating with Jesus right now in his presence in heaven. She has the fullness of joy. She's at that perfect completion. Michelle Edens was such an important member of our family. Even despite her physical inabilities, she still walked up hills, walked down hills out in the heat in the middle of summer to go love on children. She loved painting the kids' faces, playing games with them, telling them stories, ministering to them, giving them hugs. 
She would go to the nursing home with us as the praise team would lead worship at the nursing home in South Haven. And she would come sit and talk to all the people there and make friends. She just loved spreading the joy of Jesus to everybody. She had her life on that solid foundation. She walked on that narrow path. She knew Jesus as her Lord and Savior. So I get to celebrate with you this morning that she doesn't have any more pain. All the things she was going through recently, she's healed from it. She has no more pain. She has no more troubles, no more worries. She is filled with the fullness of joy, and she's in the presence of our Father, and she is happy up there now. She is happy in heaven with no more pain. I can't wait until we get to see her again because I have a confident expectation. I look forward to spending all of eternity with my Lord and Savior. This right now, this is the testing grounds. This is the testing grounds. I told you last week, how is your faith is tested? Whether you decide to follow the commands of God or not. Your faith is tested when you're in a situation, you have to decide, am I going to act biblically or am I going to act how everybody else is acting? Well, I encourage you right now that when you're going through these tests, when you're going through these trials, to continue to do the right thing, no matter what may be coming against you, no matter what physical ailments, no matter what sort of things you may be dealing with personally and may be attacking you. I encourage you to continue to stand strong in your faith on that solid foundation. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 1. Verse 2. Psalms chapter 1, verse 2 says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. We are to meditate on the law of the Lord. What does meditate mean? We are to be mulling it through our mind, thinking about it, praying about it, speaking it, doing it constantly, meditating on the law. We don't just glance at our reflection in the mirror and walk away and forget what our face looks like, okay? You don't have a beard and mustache like mine. You can see your face. You know what your face looks like, okay? We don't just forget it when we glance at it in the mirror. We meditate on God's word constantly because if you're not thinking about it, you're not going to do it. So I encourage you to implement some sound Bible reading practices in your daily life. Read your word every day. And don't you dare tell me that you don't have 10 minutes a day to read your Bible. That's all I'm asking for is 10 minutes. You read your word for what it literally says, what is actually taking place there, and ask yourself, why is this written? What was the author addressing? What issue needed to be resolved in this text as I'm reading it? And understand how it applies to your life. And know that there's different parts of the Bible. There's different literary forms. When you're reading a psalm, okay, that's poetry. It may not all be literal. All right? And we're not supposed to live like all of these Bible characters, okay? These people in the Bible, they were not perfect. The only perfect man that ever walked this earth was Jesus Christ because he is all God. 100% God. We're not supposed to be like these characters we read about. We're supposed to learn from their lessons, okay? We're not supposed to be like our parents. We're supposed to learn from their lessons. If we could all do better than the generation before us, whoo, 
we'd be on fire. If we could all do better than these biblical characters, we'd be on fire. Because I'm telling you, these mighty men of God, these kings, these prophets, they made some huge mistakes. They did some messed up stuff. But God chose them. God called them. God even honored them by letting their name live on forever, letting their legacy live on forever, that we can look at them and we can learn from their lives. So I encourage you to try to do better than the past. Don't allow your past to bring you down and be caught up in what you used to do and what used to happen. I encourage you to be better. We looked at the very first psalm. Let's look at one of the last ones. Psalm chapter 148. Verses 5 and 6. It says this. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Why is it telling us to praise God our Father? It says because He issued His command and they came into being. That's us. We came into being out of God's commands. How can we not follow His commands? He used them to create us. He used them to make us. And then He laid out even more for us and showed us how to continue living and how to continue to obtain this life that He's freely offering us. And it says in verse 6, he set them in place forever and ever. That means his commands never change. His commands never change. God's word is the same forever. His decree will never be revoked. That means what he said can never be taken away. He's never going to take it back. Nobody else can ever disqualify it. What God said is true. And what God said, what God said stands forever. God's word is eternal. Why would I base my life off of something temporary? Off of a new philosophy. You know what the word philosophy means? It's just ideas. It's just opinions and beliefs. What did I tell you at the beginning? Our ideas and beliefs and opinions don't matter. What matters is what God says. Because His Word will go on forever. And I'd like to believe that most of us watching right now, I'd like to believe that we are going to get to go on forever with Him. See, when you leave this physical body, one of two things are going to happen. You're not going into nothingness. There's something else coming after this. You're either going to spend an eternity in torment, in torture where there's no rest. There's nothing to satisfy you. There's no joy. It's only pain. It's only sorrow. You're going to end up there. Or you're going to spend an eternity in God's presence. You're going to spend an eternity with more than anything you've ever needed. No more wants. No more pains, no more trials, no more sorrows, perfection, perfection. So we're just here for a few short years. We got maybe 100, maybe 120 years at the very most that we get to the privilege of following God's commands. We get the privilege of doing 
what he told us to do and what he wants us to do. We get the privilege of unlocking the blessings and the joy and the happiness and the love that comes with following his commands. You get so many benefits from following them. That's why he gave them to us. He gave the commands to us to help us, to show us, because he didn't want us to get hurt. The same reason that we have laws in this country is so people don't get hurt. So people don't do something that's going to hurt others. Those laws are there to help all of us have a more full, a more enjoyable, and a safer life. That's the same reason God gave us his rules. But his rules are even better than the laws of man. His rules go on forever. His rules are perfect and complete. Nothing needs to be added to them. There's no amendments that get made. Nothing can change them. No ordinances. Only his word that remains forever. And in his word that remains forever, it says, nobody is perfect. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. None of us are perfect, but God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus down on this earth to die for you. And that if you believe that Jesus really went in the grave and resurrected again, that you can live forever in his presence. That you can live forever in that perfection, in that joy. And if you believe in your heart, then you are made right with God. And you would confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. You have faith in Jesus. That Jesus is in control of your life. You will be saved. You will be saved. You will be protected. You will be taken care of. You will be made whole. You will be made complete. You will get to spend an eternity with the one that commanded you to be created in the first place. With the one that gave you your wonderful personality and your beautiful traits. You get to live on with him forever. And he's offering it to you for free. But you have to choose to take it. So if you've never done that before, wherever you're sitting right now, when you're watching this video, I would just ask you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I give you everything. Be Lord of my life. Be in control of my life. Help me to follow your commands and stay in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you've been following your com these commands of God for a long time. You've been trying your hardest. You've been really working at it. But it still seems like nothing works. Well, I want to tell you that you cannot earn anything. That just following the commands doesn't make you right. Just following the commands, doing the right thing, doesn't make you perfect. You have to allow Jesus to transform you on the inside. See, we can only take part of the step. Jesus calls us. Jesus chooses us. And I would encourage you that if you have been following these commands for a long time, you gave yourself to the Lord, but you don't have this joy that I'm speaking of, right now I want you to pray a different prayer. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your hands up to heaven. And I'm going to pray for you right now to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that your son... And your daughter praying this with me right now, Lord, that they've given their heart to you. 
that they're following you, that they're trying, Lord, they're trying to follow your commands. I pray right now you'd give them the ability to understand those commands through Holy Spirit interpreting it. I pray that right now you would fill them with joy of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, for your love flowing through their house right now, that they can feel your presence, that they can hear your voice right now where they are, that they are filled up completely with the Holy Ghost. And we thank you for equipping them and giving the ability and the power through your Holy Spirit to do your work for the rest of their lives, to stay in your presence and giving them the strength when their faith is tested that they can follow you and they can choose your way and not the way of the world for the rest of their lives, Father God. I thank you for blessing every man and every woman for following your commands, Lord. I thank you that you give us the strength and they would continually be encouraged as they follow your word and choose not to follow their old ways. And I thank you, Lord, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus and we have joy in following your commands. In Jesus' name, amen. Passion Church, you guys are amazing. We love you so much. We're so thankful that you are a part of our family. I want to encourage you to continue to grow closer together and stronger together. Even if we're physically distant right now, we can be close in the spirit. I want to encourage you that today, call somebody, call a friend, call somebody from the church and pray with them. Call somebody and tell them that you love them. Let's get closer together and stand together because in unity with Jesus Christ and with each other, we can't be stopped. There's not a power on this earth or in all the heavens that can prevent what God is doing in your life and in my life together. So let's get closer together and strengthen each other and build each other up as we continue to encourage each other to follow God's word. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Thank you.